All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Man, a two-week hiatus. Whose fault is that? <laughs> Certainly not mine. Uh, on a serious note, we got two things to cover before we kick things off. One, once again, I would like to apologize. I was waiting for the cameras to be on because I'm a full-blown creator. But I do genuinely mean this from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry for biffing the podcast uh, two weeks ago, or maybe that was last week. I've been in a rabbit hole of Valorant ranked and... The night before we were supposed to film, I told myself, man, why, 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 why did I think I couldn't stream today? Our doctor's appointment is until one o'clock. I could definitely, I could definitely pull this off. Like if I start at 5 a.m. and I'm done by 1230, that's seven and a half hours, dude. I was sitting there in bed with Haley counting on my fingers, like five to six, six, seven, six, seven, eight. And then I start the stream. Everything's going great. Having a great time. And then I look at the clock at 8.05 and I felt like uh, it's like when you get into class, like second period in high school and you're like, oh man, this is going to be an easy day. And then you realize there was some homework that you forgot mm -hmm. and everybody's like pulling it out of their binders and their book bag and oh, you're just shitting bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short, the reason why I wasn't able to stream wasn't because of the doctor's appointment. It was because we were supposed to film the podcast at 8 a.m. And then we rescheduled it for the next day and Joe came down with COVID. New COVID, though. COVID that Supposedly. is rumored from Alex Jones to be shutting down the country again. He said there was a TSA whistleblower saying, we're going full-blown mask ordinance. You have to wear these in public places while traveling. So tell it's, me. Tell me, Joe. What is new COVID like? It's, so it's my third time getting COVID. Jesus. And it felt a lot more like the first time, which was August 2020. So V1. V1 of COVID. And I promise you guys, that is not the audio mixing that is causing the the the, the nasalness, the nasally sound. That's that's just the, the yeah, residue. I got, little, I got a little residual, but I feel great. It's been, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to get anybody sick here, I swear. But You feel better, though? Yeah, I do. Because we, we genuinely do sometimes care about you, Joe. Oh, that's very kind. So Thanks. you had like five straight days of how bad was the fever? What were the worst symptoms? Did you have any lower back pain? Uh, a little bit at the beginning. Really? Yeah. Just from fucking sitting and laying and like body pain. But yeah, fever, congestion. Uh, first time I got COVID was surprising because I was visiting home for the holidays and I was sitting on a bar stool just having drinks with my dad, catching up. And I normally have pretty bad posture. So like sitting straight up without any back support mm -hmm. after a couple hours starts to feel the burn, but I'm like, man, my fucking lower back is killing me. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Woke up the next day. I'm like, oh man, my skin's kind of crawling. Like, let me take one of these COVID tests before mm -hmm. I go nuke grandma at, at Christmas Eve dinner. <laughs> yeah, literally. Turns out that line, that line appeared so vividly, vibrantly. <laughs> it, it was, it was as soon as this thing, the water and my saliva touched, boom, COVID. Yeah, that's like, I was having, I was like tweaking the morning. I went and tested and found out I had it because we had to move your couch. And then, so it was like, we're going to get up, move the boats at like, what, seven? And then come in for the podcast Wednesday after we rescheduled it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like, like, do I just like take some Dayquil and act like I'm good and like get through this? Or like, are these nicotine withdrawals again? I'm like, these feel a little stronger than the last time. Like, <laughs> We're just going to get a test. And it was immediately just lit up. I was like, okay. I felt terrible for you and myself because I went to the gym that morning and 
I did deadlifts and squats. And I'm like, okay, this shouldn't be too bad. Me and Joe can knock this out. Basically, had to carry every piece of this couch, which you boxed, labeled, taped up. I mean, you 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 brought me to like the ten yard line. We're, yeah, we're, we're in the red zone because of you. But then the hardest part, I would say, was probably just bringing everything down. Oh yeah, two flights of stairs. That's why I felt bad. I was like, fuck. I just nah, man. I mean, you did something that is certainly not in the job description of packaging that up and getting it ready for us. But yeah, we went down this huge adventure and excursion with a love sack sectional couch and it was great but it just didn't really fit the the home and the level of comfort we had this restoration hardware couch which i've talked about in the podcast before the cloud couch which was like something i didn't even knew existed before i moved to la but then all of a sudden once you're in it's like everybody who's had a level of success to afford a cloud everybody has them yeah and Haley had one from like 2014 that we had in the living room that we brought to the old content house when we moved in together then we brought it to the new house the problem with that couch is that it just requires a lot of maintenance like after sitting on it for an hour you got to fluff every piece and these things are heavy it's just a a really big undertaking when you want to have like a sunday lounge day movies football Anything that requires nothing is what that that couch, what a couch is for, and man, it just it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to try something new. We thought the love sack, after reading all the reviews, would be great, but it's more like you. I think you said it best. The love sack that we had in our living room—that's like a basement couch in the Midwest. Yeah, like it is peak basement couch, and it was just too big for the room itself. It wasn't as comfortable as we thought it'd be. I'm sure if we spent time like working it in and 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 sitting in it over time, it'd be better. But it's still great for what it was. But we had to return it; and it became a whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm not on board with the uh, with the modular couch after seeing all the nooks and crannies of it. It's just I a lot say. of effort. I also feel like once you set it up the way you want it, you're just never gonna move it again. So like. What's the point? Certainly not you or I. <laughs> yeah. Haley would definitely. After that, I'm I'm never touching one of those ever again after that experience. But All right. Well, we got our Anyways. apologies out the way. Joe, you're not dying. This is good news. Yes. Before we start anything, guys, we have leveled up with our podcast. We have tacked on an AT&T ad read to promote, which is really an owned and operated uh, activation from 100 Thieves and AT&T. As one of our incredible partners, as they've been for the last few years, uh, are supporting the block party, 100 Thieves Summer Block Party. So let it rip, Joe. We're about to do your first ad read, man. This is exciting, dude. We're popping the cherry. Come All on. All right, here we go. 100 Thieves first ever, 100 Thieves Summer Block Party this Saturday, August 26th, presented by the wonderful AT&T. Um, we have a lot of fun things planned uh, for those that already secure tickets. We have a Valorant World Championship Finals watch party. We've got a big screen coming through. Um, we have an AT&T meet and greet with our Valorant team, all the guys, uh, and shout out Moneyball Mike, Coach Mike's, and 88 Rising Talent as well will be here. Heineken Beer Garden to enjoy for those that are above the age of 21 and to consume responsibly. Um, in addition, for those that won't be able to attend or aren't uh, local to the area, also tune into a special AT&T live stream with Foosley, 100 Thieves Valorant Team, 88 Rising Talent on Saturday, August 26th at 4 p.m. Um, there's going to be a photo booth, <laughs> Subway Land. Come photo booth. <laughs> play some games, take some pictures. Subway Land. Okay, now we got 
all the words out on that regard. Yeah, it's going to be great. Block party is going to be awesome. I saw somebody tweet us and say, why are you doing this at the same time as uh, Valorant World oh, Championships? Yeah, like, but guys, we thought point. about that. <laughs> we, we, that's not, it's not in the blind spot. We're going to have a huge watch party for it. So it'll be a lot of fun. And I've actually, now that I've been playing, I normally don't watch a ton of esports, even beyond Valorant, if 100 Thieves isn't playing. Mm-hmm. It just, the the buzz and, and having something on the line because you're invested in a team, uh, sometimes matches just don't hit the same. Yeah, but I've actually been tuning in to uh, a lot of these world championship matches, and they've been a lot of fun for me. Especially mm-hmm. the storylines of the regions. I know everybody's still got a lot of problems with Americas, but you know we talked about that on one of the other podcasts. But mm-hmm. for me, just like watching China and Loud and and, and um, Fnatic, who's came in as the favorite. They won the last two events. Mm-hmm. A lot of amazing matches. Actually, the DRX match that I watched versus Fnatic, I truly do believe it might have been the best map of Valorant I've ever watched a team play. Full stop. I mean, we got 13-0 at one point, I think, on Ascent mm-hmm. a long time ago. But I still think the way that these guys play bind against Fnatic, it was unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen that VOD and you're just interested in how these teams uh, maneuver and coordinate together, it really makes you think, like, solo queue, you just don't have an opportunity to play at that level because it's a crapshoot. You're basically playing the lottery with your teammates, and you might have teammates that are common, but would they actually listen? You know, the comps that you play just aren't cohesive a lot of times. But Mm -hmm. I I do want to talk about Valorant, but I don't want to talk about that yet. I actually want to talk about probably the most insufferable two weeks of social media that I've ever experienced, all thanks to a man that Hmm. is truly, in my eyes, I only know of him, and he's only relevant because of the man he's making fun of, which is Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul. This guy, Elon's got this For You page algorithm tuned in to Dylan Dennis, and I've wanted to tweet about it so many times, but I tend not to... Tweet about anything too negative just because you really can't control the narrative of what you want to say as well as you can when you get to speak about it on camera. I don't know who this guy is. He's fucking psychotic. He was, um, he was McGregor's jujitsu, like partner, like sparring partner. Yeah. And trainer back in the, not trainer, but yeah. So he just roll around with. And then he's just notorious for like, Never actually fighting. He's like two MMA fights in his career and then hasn't done anything. Listen, man, at the end of the day, I totally understand the fight game. You've got to promote it. A lot of the beef that we see between fighters, a lot of times not actually real. Mm-hmm. They're just doing anything that's polarizing to hopefully boost these pay-per-view sales. But fuck, man, I truly do believe this guy has taken it way too far. I mean, I thought it was at least interesting when he first started like i did not know the background of this poor woman nina who is logan paul's uh fiance sports illustrated swimsuit model she was a swimsuit model and she was on like a reality tv show as well like on mtv right or at least i've seen Mm. clips of her talking about it thanks to dylan dennis i mean look i just don't think that i could handle nor tolerate if i'm in logan paul's shoes Man, that thing is, uh, it's terrible. 
Yeah. I, I don't know how I would feel if I was Logan Paul. Like, a lot of these photos that Dylan Dennis has tweeted, I'm like, how the fuck does he still continue to find more and more and more and hmm. more and more? Like, she has taken a lot of photos with a lot of different guys, but, you know, as soon as he starts, everybody's just making the assumption that this woman has been with all the guys that photos have been tweeted with. Yeah. But I'm sure that's not the case. Like, yeah, yeah. there's definitely been photos where she's, like, kissing a guy or posting a photo that maybe was on somebody else's Instagram, like a former boyfriend. Listen, at the end of the day, like before you meet your partner, in, mo in most cases, they're going to have had previous relationships and hookups and flings. It's just the nature of dating, especially in LA, especially in like the circle that they are uh, and the success that they both had in, in the public eye. But one, I just think Dylan Dennis is insufferable. I, I he's taken it way too far. I, I I truly do think for all the things that we've hated about Logan Paul, or I mean, me not personally, like the Suicide Forest, where all of his villain arc really started, that was terrible. But I genuinely think he feels remorse for that. You know, it's hard to say. It's like, is it surface level remorse because he got got and it really put a, you know, a bump in, in the road for his career. But he came back and he did the right things. Uh, but I truly do think this kid that grew up in Ohio with a normal family from the Midwest, there is no way that he doesn't feel like true remorse for what he did. And, you know, everybody talks about this crypto zoo or whatever uh, controversy he was involved with, like $1.5 million that he said he was going to pay people out. Look, man, there's a lot of things that you could stack up. If you're looking for a reason to hate Logan Paul, they're certainly there and you can find them. But in general, I think he's an incredible entertainer. I think he's taken an opportunity and created opportunities for himself for uh, the level of success that he's found. And I have a ton of respect for Logan Paul. And with Dylan Dennis, this guy to me is just... It, it, it kind of reminds me of a lot of YouTubers that do React content. Like, I brought up H3 when we were talking about Ludwig. I don't necessarily hate Ethan from H3. Like, I don't know the guy very well. and But I always had, like, just a lot of, uh, not resentment, but just a discomfort for somebody whose entire content programming was built off of making fun of other streamers or mm. other content creators for the content that they're making. Like Dylan Dennis is just tweeting every 10 minutes. And I only know of him because of the man that he hates and the man that he's going to fight. So when this is all said and done, like, yeah, maybe he'll have some level of relevancy, but he's probably just going to have to jump on the next creator or next individual uh, to stay as relevant as he has right now. And I, I, I truly just do feel terrible for this poor woman who didn't ask for any of this. She's just being publicly shamed and bullied by this guy who would never have any interaction unless she was engaged to Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. And look, man, you want to tell me that I sound soft? Fuck it. I don't care. I, I truly do believe that it's been taken too far. And for all the people that think that Logan Paul was a bad guy or a bully... This guy has Dylan Dennis is the definition right now of like an internet bully, and oh, yeah. I and just everybody's just going along with it. Everybody's laughing, poking fun at it. When it's just like if this was any other person besides Logan Paul, this guy Dylan Dennis would have been canceled in a snap of a finger. But it's a fight game, man. So just a different world. It's a different demographic. It's a different. 
community that's like rallying behind it. And I just feel awful for Nina and Logan. Mm -hmm. That's my true, honest thoughts. And if you guys think that I'm a pussy, don't care. <laughs> I, it's fucking disgusting, dude. Yeah. It's been going on for like two weeks now at this point, too. But also for her, like her whole life has been in the public eye, like been like you know those pictures are gonna exist like, yeah that's a good point i mean relationships like as soon as you I'm sure logan has seen all of them i imagine he didn't like not <laughs> no, google no, no. i mean <laughs> dude she's like a she's a underwear supermodel that was on the cover of sports illustrated swimsuit when it actually was a thing like you know she's gonna be going around like she's gonna be at these events all these pictures with her with dudes i mean point being <clears throat> it's it sucks for her but I mean, the reason all those pictures exist is because she's. Been yeah, I guess I cameras. never really thought about it like that. That's actually a pretty good point. She's I mean, do I cameras. think she deserves it? But yeah, like, uh, no, I don't think she deserves that. But you're right. Like, she's dated Leonardo DiCaprio. She's yeah. A, she presented herself to the public eye. And, you know, there's always a possibility that people just pile it on. Yeah. And then from Logan's perspective, too, like, he's in a lose lose situation. Like, he can't. He hasn't been saying much. I don't think he can, though, because obviously you don't want to, like, give in to what Dylan Dennis is trying to do right now, you know, until he actually signs a contract and, like, shows up for this fight. Because, again, he's so notorious for, like, not showing up or saying he's going to fight people and never actually doing it. So, I mean, I'm sure Logan just wants to, like, get in a ring with him and, like, beat his ass because I think he definitely will boxing. But I got to respect fighters, too, man, because I'll tell you what, if I was Logan – Worst case scenario, you're right, is lose lose. Imagine you lose that fight. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's the other. Thing. Oh, that's the other. Thing. I mean, he's publicly said too he won't do an MMA fight with him like prior to this because they've been beefing for a while. But if you go into that fight and lose to Dylan Dennis, there's there's no stopping what's already happening from his end. Like the chirping will never end. So. I, I truly just do believe that Dylan Dennis is by far and away the most annoying person on the internet right now. And I I, I almost want to block, even though they're getting rid of the block feature. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. But then the curiosity gets the best of me. I don't uh, know. I was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was tapped in. Guy just seems like a piece of shit. Oh, full, yeah, for full sure. Full stop. For sure. Classic creator versus critic paradigm. Like Ethan's the same way. They don't make anything. They just critique versus people that create. Yeah. All right. Anyways. This is a great way to start off our podcast with some <laughs> negativity. I feel dirty just talking about it, but uh, no. I had I had I had to get that off my chest. You raised some pretty good points though. I mean <laughs> you open yourself up to criticism as soon as you decide to have a career that's weighted uh off the public eyes perception of you but i still don't think she deserves it either way oh well, yeah yeah i'm not saying she Best does deserve it. i'm just saying like there's so many pictures because she's been around cameras like for the last 10 years yeah that's all. hey i didn't know who she was before but i do now so i i don't have the full story either way let's get off that topic now <laughs> what, yeah. what should we fucking talk about dude because i i mean i'm well chomping at the bit to this is talk about valorant but this is old but um, it was something for last week, but I still think it's interesting for the audience to hear your thoughts on the barstool pen situation. It's old, but creator-led business being sold back for a dollar and the implications of barstool on 
publicly traded company and all that. No, Dave Portnoy is a right place, right time, and I respect the hell out of Dave. I mean, clearly a uh, pretty damn good businessman. Um, you know, look, I don't know the exact details of the situation between Penn and Barstool. Uh, I think Dave actually put it very well when he did his emergency press conference and actually announced uh, that he bought back Barstool. When you have re regulatory bodies involved in the content that you make and the things that you can say and can't say around sports betting, uh, in a world where Barstool's success was primarily built off the fact that they could say and do anything that they want, as soon as the culture flips and you have a lot of yellow tape and red tape uh, that influences how personalities act on camera, what they say, uh, and how they interact with their community. It's just not a great situation for mm -hmm. like the core DNA that I think Barstool was really uh, at their inception. The pirate yeah. ship. Exactly, man. So, you know, the fact that Penn was able to amicably part ways with Barstool and Dave attach their, you know, their their lifeboat to ESPN and and that brand in general, I actually think makes a lot of sense, especially for like the publicly traded market. Mm -hmm. Uh and I think it gets Dave exactly what he wants. I mean, the guy made a fuck ton of money. He made a lot of Barcelona employees a lot of money uh through the equity uh purchase from Penn and now they're back like a year and a half, 2 years later. And it's full core press again, just getting back to basics of how they were prior. Uh, I don't, I'm curious to see how involved they will be day to day. It's, it's like a tough thing for me to try to wrap my head around because it's, he's made so much money at this point now. It's like, does he really need to spend his time stressing and investing his time and resources back into Barstool? But it, I can't put myself in his shoes. I'm not in his head every day. So seems like he's pretty excited about it mm -hmm. and um without again at the beginning what i said just knowing like the nuanced details of everything that's happened overall i don't think anybody really got burned in the matter i mean honestly jen <laughs> sitting here that used to work at barcelona would probably give us a better perspective but mm -hmm. to me just from a limited exposure to the situation overall i just think it's a good thing for both parties yeah I don't know. Aside from Penn eating like 500 mil on the purchase, but. Oh, brother, they're a gambling. Yeah, I uh, know. That's company. what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, aside from that, it's like. I'll make that back in six months. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. So, Penn, for those that live under a rock, uh, is going with ESPN and forming a sports book with them. So, using Disney, levering Disney in a more traditional approach and content programming to push gambling. So. Shout out gambling, man. Let's get them started early. <laughs> yeah. That stake contract. Hey, where you at? Five K viewers, no host, <laughs> no tweet, no raid. On Valorant. Just imagine if I was playing these slots like train wrecks. Think about it, kick. Did you see that? That's an okay. No train wrecks hit that ten million dollar slot. Yeah, I saw him hit the ten million, and then the next day he's like, <laughs> I've lost over ninety million dollars yeah. gambling. Yeah, but Ten million. You got to take those comments with a grain of salt, though, because he's bankrolled by stake. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, yes, <laughs> as the money that he's been given by stake and gambled with 
accrued over $90 million in losses, I'm sure, but it's not like he had $100 million and just lost 90 of it. Yeah, exactly. It's also people don't understand, like, there's the whole Phil Mickelson's bet like a billion dollars. It's like people don't understand. Well, Phil's a degenerate. Yeah, but the point is, like, I mean, you're tossing bets out and you're like, your bankroll isn't the same as how much you're actually betting. Like, I bet, like, you know, 30 grand. But that's just because I'm like, that's over. Like, Jesus. You're not, I'm not betting like $30,000 of my own money. I'm betting like, you know, profits at some point. A thousand bucks a week, maybe during yeah, the Yeah, but football how much season. do you think you're in the hole out of that $30,000 bet? Are you up? Are you down? Oh, no, I'm definitely down for sure. Yeah. But, the, but the, I mean, I mean, not at that scale and not very badly. I'm pretty close to break even. But again, point being like Phil Mickelson has bet a billion dollars, but it's like it's probably about I mean, he's probably about like a hundred million of his own money. But this is the <laughs> only problem point. I think actually that social media and live streaming gambling it just shines a spotlight on the big wins, but you don't mm-hmm. see all the losses. Uh and that's always I mean, that's the crux. Exactly. Even when before all of these internet betting opportunities existed, it's like you would see somebody tweet about, like, Meek Mill, this guy would be posting, up 100K in Vegas. Like, man, that guy's probably gone to Vegas, like, five times prior and lost a lot. I mean, it just, listen, the house always wins. Long term, if you're trying to gamble successfully over time and you're not, like, a professional poker player where you can control some of the variables, it's luck. And yeah. The majority of people that you see winning have lost exponentially more over time. So I would, again, I would just be careful for anybody that's thinking about gambling. It's just, it it is a very slippery slope. And if you don't have the self-control to walk away, especially if you don't have the, the funds to back up that ego that you might be gambling with, it can get very, 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 very dangerous. For every $10 million spin win, there's like 30 people losing their house and their wife not knowing about it. Like, Well, she's going to find out. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Yeah. So, but yeah, kick. Steak. Let's go, kick. <laughs> Bang the line. This guy, Fousey, man, continues to just Dude. rattle off these live streams. Honestly, my entire timeline for the last month has just been Fousey and Dylan Danis. Dude, literally. So I'm like, I don't know what else to fucking talk about. I really can't tell if if Fuzi truly is unhinged right now or if he's just playing into it for the clicks and the engagement and the clips. Because I don't know, dude. Like the the thing that I saw yesterday between that kid Neon and Aiden and Fuzi, to me that just seemed like it was scripted. I'm sure that's like pretty embellished, those like interactions and those clips, but like He's like still pretty unhinged at all times on his live stream. And it's like at some point I don't know how much he can fake that with how much he's streaming. You know what I mean? Like, I know. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know either. There's also like anybody that is like not to get into religion here, but anybody that's like quote unquote unquote like empowered by God and whatever they do is like extremely manic in my opinion. Like not so much mentally, but just in their behavior and their perception of their behavior where it's like anybody that's empowered by God, like Jalen Ramsey's the same way. Where it's like they think they can just do whatever and they're like, oh God will forgive me. And I'm like, no, you're just being 
a massive narcissist or like a huge asshole in like whatever the context is. And it's like, that's, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot with Fousey on the more mania side of things. Yeah, I think people with an Islamic background are, uh, the entire situation is pretty contentious because mm-hmm. a lot of the things he's doing on stream is not considered, I think, haram. Uh, I think that's the the phrase that they use. Yeah, I'm um, not sure, but but you know he's had those ups and downs with his community over uh, a long span of his career, where you know he'll say that he believes in and has conviction in his religion in Islam, and then do a lot of things that go directly against uh, their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I, I I'm not well-versed in those topics, so I'm going to avoid them. Yeah. But it is pretty... I think it's it's dangerous what's happening with him in live stream because mm-hmm. if he does and has had very public... not with Meltdowns, I guess, is a word you could use. Sounds a little too dramatic, but bouts with and battles with mental health. Mm-hmm. For somebody, I think the psychology is really weird for... Individuals that grew up with a normal upbringing and then found fame through YouTube and streaming and just the wave of social media to have that high of a high with the money that you're making and the dopamine that's crashing your brain when you get a number one out of 10 video and just everything is going your way. When you see these people kind of fall off, it's just a really hard thing to stomach. And it's a really difficult battle that you're having in your mind where you think you finally made it. Mm-hmm. And then it just, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And Fousey definitely experienced that. And now with his live stream doing so well, whether people are laughing with him or against him, or people are just watching to see what crazy shit he does next, mm-hmm. that dope and that money is back full force. And it's just going to turn yeah. into a very unhealthy addiction and I just don't know how he's going to balance his life again uh, to yeah. pull himself out of the darkness that I think he's creating around himself. I mean, especially like coming back after he was in Vegas, he got yeah. banned from like MGM properties, and then he comes back to LA and he's going to the nightclubs at like 3 a.m. He's like tweet about, oh, I didn't have an invite to Samurai's birthday party, but I'm showing up anyways. Yeah. You know, it's just... All of the things and pitfalls that happen in entertainment more broadly, I think he is just opening his life yeah. and mind and well-being to. Uh, and you, for somebody that had that fall off, like I'm sure he just feels like, I can't let this slip away again. Mm-hmm. So he's just going OD into overdrive. This guy's redlining. So yeah. we'll see, man. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to get a good read on it. Yeah, that's thick. Like... There's when I look at his content, there's that like gut feeling you get where I'm like, oh man, this just doesn't feel like it's gonna end well for him. And there's just a lot going on, but there are, there are some good lessons in there too. I gotta give him gotta give him some credit, you know. There's <laughs> there's like some. I mean, granted, he's posting like ten reels a day, but I'll get like every single one of his reels and one or two out of ten, I'm like, all right, that's actually like a good point, you know. To be clear. I do have a ton of respect for Fousey's oh. ability to market himself. Oh, dude, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you can. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he is, again, like, he just decided to, like, snap his fingers and do this, and he is everywhere. Like, there's a very distinct difference between 
creators that have a killer instinct and creators that don't and Fuzi certainly has it there's mm -hmm. a reason why he was able to build himself up to the level that he was at in his prime back on youtube mm -hmm. i mean some people just know how to edit or when they're spending time streaming they can think back to the moments in the stream that happened and they can edit it real quick and get it out where i've worked with editors before and it's not talking about anybody personally that uh, I've I've worked with, but I've seen editors across the board for creators where I, I, you'll have a creator who's on autopilot where they don't control, own, or operate anything that gets posted to their socials. They'll just let somebody take the wheel and drive for them, and the things that they upload are just not fucking good. Mm -hmm. You know, there there there's like a, a level of taste that needs to be curated, and a lot of times. I truly do feel like in production, at least, you have people that are really, really good at what they do from like a mechanical standpoint, like they can edit very well and they can tell a story very well, but sometimes they just don't have the connective tissue to create that story out of the content for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it just does not land well. Like I'll see if people that I genuinely fuck with who have been on autopilot with editors and like just uploading Instagram reels every day, because that's always been the meta. Like you need to get content out every single day. And I watch it. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have uploaded this to a burner account. Like, so I got to tip the cap to Fousey because the guy clearly has taste. Yeah. He clearly knows what is going to be uh, engaging and, and viral. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I actually do have a lot of respect for what he's doing, regardless of whether it's uh, yeah. coming from the right place or not. But mm -hmm. all right, man, let's talk about Valorant, dude, because I've been locked away for the last two weeks, just grinding out ranked solo queue. And man, what a fucking journey it has been, <laughs> brother. I, I actually going back. I sound like one of these Call of Duty kids. Now I play with Dashy one time and all these kids talk about, oh, dude, I need some dope. I need these do dopamine. G G. Like I'm, I got the fucking vocabulary. All of their the stupid bug, ass phrases are <laughs> seeping into my mind. But stay young. holy yeah. hell, dude, if you want to just take a journey down mental health, go play rank solo queue, man. You will have the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and just a full-blown spectrum on each end of people that you run into. Some of these kids are truly creatures. They've got no hope. <laughs> no. None. But then I I think back and I'm like, we were like we 16 years old just grinding video games, bro. You think you are everything? There is a weird psychology that's happening in Valorant, though, where every player thinks that they are better than everybody else. Meanwhile, like, brother, yo, you're queued up with me in fucking plat right now. What do you mean? <laughs> Bro, you're like, I, you're IGLing, getting mad at people. You're not even using your util right. Brother, unless you are, like, top 500 radiant or a pro player, everybody needs to check their ego at the door and try to win together. But they don't really care about all that. No. If if they're out here spittering, spattering, just the craziest shit I've ever heard, they don't, they've got no regard for human but, life, nor their teammates, nor the ELO that they are throwing. Yeah, what blows my mind is the people that just like live on the game and they're just in there to like cause havoc. I'm like, bro, like what the fuck are you doing right now? Yeah, bro. Somebody <laughs> will spend like forty minutes throwing a game. Yeah, like you really got nothing else to do. Nothing. It is that is a bizarre component. Why do you do this every day, or and this is how you spend your time, <laughs> or are you only doing it because I'm streaming? I have no idea. 
But man, the game is just pure addiction. What Valorant has done with their headshot uh, animation and audio on all the different Vandals and Phantoms and just the sheer enjoyment you get when you do something disgusting. I mean, I think it is on par, pun intended, with a flush golf shot. <laughs> like to me, like when it somebody is. asks me, like, what's the best experience you can have? Hitting a pure flush golf shot. If you've never done that before, you need to go feel it for yourself mm -hmm. because it just does something to the chemicals in your brain. Like, I need that again. Oh, yeah. Pure addiction. And that's what Valorant has done for me. I've been trying to expand my agent pool. Uh, you know, for a long time, I'd be afraid to, like, lock in Raze or Jet because, one, uh, when I was playing at High Immortal before Ascendant existed, I had, like, 200 RR into my Immortal. I think I got up to, like, 300 at one point. But... In most cases, I would trust somebody at that rank to play Jet or Raze more effectively. But at the same time, I just keep telling myself, like, I put so much pressure on winning every single game, and I want to look good for the people that are watching. But really what I've fallen in love with is, like, the journey and the mishaps and the mistakes that I make. And they're actually, as long as I don't take myself too serious, which I tend to do, mm -hmm. it is pretty fun for everybody to watch as I, I, I'm in this arc and I'm slowly but surely getting better yeah uh so raising jet has been a lot of fun for me i've been playing initiators played breach on like fracture and haven and sky on lotus and, and and bind before as well but holy fuck you know for a game that has a lot of simplicity to it where cs players are not a big fan of the mechanics of Valorant because of the shooting, it just is a bit easier and util usage. Like if you want to be a good player on Mirage, you'd have to know lineups for smokes and flashes and they are not easy to, you know, digest and, and, and be able to rattle those off every game. You know, you really have to spend some time studying if you want to get better at Counter-Strike. With Valorant, you know, you just got the Brim iPad and all this, yada, yada, yada. We've talked about this before, mm -hmm. but you don't, at least for in my head, I didn't realize how much fun you could have beyond just playing ranked and playing well because there's so many other agents that have completely different play styles. Mm -hmm. And when I watch VCT now, when I've watched like DRX and Billy Billy and EDG and Loud and Fnatic, I, I feel like a kid again with what is rattling around in my brain. I'm like, oh, I got to try that. Like, oh my God, that Viper pick on bind makes a lot more sense dude this guy's mm -hmm. got uh, the viper wall and he didn't bust it out until like the 10th round where he's just sitting in the corner with sky like tucked away in hookah and then fucking flashes through nobody's expecting it it's just wild how much creativity mm -hmm. is involved with valorant at a very very high level which certainly exists in counter-strike full stop like don't even I'm not, i didn't even tend to make a comparison between the two the long story short of it, I just did not realize, and I don't know what changed from the last time I played Valorant compared to what I'm doing now, but it, there's just so many different ways to play the game, and you would think you're sitting here for eight hours a day just fucking banging your head against the desk playing eight hours of solo queue. You Wouldn't you get bored of that? Beyond just like the rank aspirations, mm -hmm. the reason why it's exciting is because every game I could try something new and, and yeah. find my way uh, to operate it differently. Yeah, I think there's like, um, also with it, I think there's a lot of fun to be had and like I've been playing, prior to, I just started playing again, thanks to you, 
because <laughs> you're welcome. Good luck. I've, I've said this to you off stream. You're actually or off this podcast, but you're actually very good at streaming. So thank you, Joe. very good at influencing. You know, thank you, I watch Joe. you play. I'm like, damn, I want to play. Also, actually, I won't get into this, but um, let's hear it. No, I just think for you streaming, it's great because. I think the Valorant stream scene, maybe it's just because VCT's going on right now, it feels so dead. Aside from, obviously there's Tarek, but from watching people play ranked, like I'll fire it up and there's just like nobody that I'm following is playing that traditionally in the past has been playing a ton of Valorant. And I'm like, dude, I got nobody to watch right now. So, yeah, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I was talking there. about this with Micah and a couple of production people in here before it started. I don't know why. And, I don't want, I'm not talking about this to pat myself on the back. I genuinely am confused as to why my viewership has been so much better this time around than when mm. I streamed for like two months yeah. at the old content house. There's nobody else playing ranked, bro. That's I don't know, bro. Like Hiko, Asuna, like Baby J, Sub Rosa, all these guys are still streaming. I, I, I just, I, my viewership has been significantly better every single day mm -hmm. compared to what it was a year ago. And I don't know why that is. Like, dude, I've been averaging like 5K concurrence. Yeah. So I, first of all, I want to say thank you for that. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel relevant. And like for me, it w there's just this weird relationship that I have with my chat and myself because I used to do this full time and I, I was on Twitch before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's always the the crux of the, like the mental battle that you have with yourself as a creator, where you think every single day this could be the last day that anybody wants to follow or watch what I do, and it could be over in a snap of a finger. But for some reason, man, the viewership's just been fucking sky high, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm all in on it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's just tough, man. It's it's like there's so many things at Hundred Thieves that I can't control. Uh, which I've kind of fallen in love with that uncertainty, I would say, because there's just so many things that I have to do that I don't think I'm very good at. And so when I'm streaming, I know I can control anything and everything that is said and done and managed and, and, and conveyed to the community. And it's just easier for me because it's just like, that is what I came up doing. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So feels like I'm back in the saddle and it's been a lot of fun man especially yeah. too just trying to get better at the game. Yeah. We got to get you we got to get you locked in Joe but then you'll start playing fucking World of Warcraft, <laughs> Rocket League, FIFA. You'd be, hey, you'd be proud of me. I bought Madden and while I had COVID, played like only an hour. I played Valorant the rest of the time when I was playing games. So, Gold 2, we're climbing. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Shout out Wally, shout out Tanner. T-Leaves? Mhm. Wally aka Tony's Pizza. It's his burner. Got cooks. Got straight cooks. Tony's but, Pizza. Dude, that sounds like a great mom and pop shop that I'd like to eat at. Big sausage pizza. <laughs> you ever watch those videos? Nah. No. <laughs> Haven't seen them. It's like the porn. I've actually never watched them either, but by like... Sounds like pretty well versed. <laughs> I've been I've been shown them before as a as a joke as humor, but it's basically like a specific type of porn for every scene. It's called BigSausagePizza.com. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but... They <laughs> Every scene is this dude's dick is cut through like a like a sausage pizza, and the girl opens the box, and it's like a pizza like a pizza delivery guy. And she's he's like one big sausage pizza, and it's his dick in the pizza box. It's his dick in a box. Anyways, big sausage pizza. It's my two minute rant with Joe. 
when you I'll have to put that in my notes to avoid it. Yeah, but uh anyways, back to the original point that spurred this whole thing. Uh you make me play Valorant, but what I found You might may happen. What I have found in my in my second act here is prior to getting back into the game, I was only playing like Reyna, Jet, and that was pretty much it. And the game is just so stale for me. What well it's so funny. <laughs> I'm just terrified to hear that you're gold too, and you're only playing Rain and Jet. I was cooking, like, bro. you want to know why you're, bro. you're you're like it's hard stuck Elo? Because I got a bunch of kids licking walls around me. I can't I get five kills around. No, every time. I know, I know, I know. And <laughs> listen, I, look, I, this is recency. This was a, like an epiphany of recency. That's fine. It is much easier to carry a game at that rank. Yeah, but I'm with just like not. an initiator. I'm being dead serious, bro. You just set people up. Well, that's what I have. Uh, like, if you think you can baiting. frag out, you don't need Rain and Jet to frag out. No, no. Now I'm just. I was. Now I'm playing. Okay, so let me let me finish my story here. My tale. So now, I have found. I'm starting to play a lot. It's it's forced me to expand my agent pool because I'm like I'm tired of entering. I've just realized that like, I'm the one getting baited and nobody can trade off me. Because they're all not real fucking humans. I can't believe the people I'm playing with. Like, anyways, it's it's just disgusting. The uh, tales of gold. You want to see where the world's headed? You fucking fire up a Valorant silver competitive lobby, and you'll know exactly where this world's headed. But welcome. This is this has turned into a long rant. But <laughs> point being, playing all these different agents has been so fun. Like I'm playing Deadlock now. I want to start playing some Sky. Oh, I'm shocked. It's no, it's fun because it's like I there's something that I enjoy just about like doing my job. Like I don't have to have the most kills, even though I do. I will perform somewhat well. Yeah, on, on the kill feed. It's like you're playing a game within the game. Yeah, like I take pride on Lotus knowing I'm locking a down with deadlock, and anyone that tries to come, my side is just getting fucked up. Anybody yeah. tries to come, dude. Big sausage pizza. <laughs> yeah. I'm not letting anybody else. If anyone's coming, it's going to be me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, you just actually, like, you, I wasn't sure what point you were trying to arrive at, but yeah. you did. I shit on the fact that you are stuck in whatever role you play, like two weeks ago when we talked about the difference between Counter Strike and Valorant, and now I love it. It's great. Brother, it's the reason why people play like farming simulators. Yeah. Dude, people like the game within the game. Yeah. And Valorant has certainly allowed you to do that. So, nice. man, great game. I it can't is. wait uh, to see what bundles they got cooking up for us, dude. I Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. What do you got? We're still talking about Valorant, baby. Yeah, that's, that's all there is to talk about. All, all right. So, <laughs> listen. Playing on controller Call of Duty, there really is no variation in how you can play the game. Okay. From like uh, an equipment standpoint. It's like you got a scuff, or before Battle Beavers existed, you just had scuffs. Yeah. If you didn't have a scuff controller, and you didn't play Claw, you're behind. You're, yeah. You, let's get the fuck out the lobby, dude. It's chalked. Yeah. Keyboard mouse is like a, a, a new world that I know nothing about. You know, I went from... I mean, I've been sponsored by Razer before. I've been sponsored by... Turtle Beach headsets back in the day. I've 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 dabbled with different peripherals from time to time, but I've never really like locked in and try to get a lay of the land. 
And uh, when I was playing Valorant previously, last year, I was using like a Final Mouse Starlight, which was like the big craze, you know? They're mm. using like magnesium, so it's lighter than all the other plastic uh, mice that were on the market. And everybody was buying them, you know, Tens and Hiko and all these guys did like a big pop-up for it. So I got the Starlight. It was great. But for some reason, I decided to try the G Pro Superlight, which has been the mouse that I've been using now uh, since I bought it a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. It's served me well. It's treated me well. But there's times where, like, I'll go to the bathroom and wash my hands, and I can't get a fucking grip on this thing. Or, you know, console players will definitely understand when I say this, but there'll be mornings where you go, whether it's a pro player or just getting on as a casual where you hold a controller and you feel like for the first hour you have never held a controller in your entire life. Mm-hmm. It is bizarre it's how a, that how that works and how that happens. It's I, a, it's I tr- a feeling I'm familiar with. I know, but you know what's crazy is I, I truly love if like a psychologist or somebody with some scientific background could explain that to me. Like, why does that happen? I don't know. Food for thought. Somebody maybe maybe somebody knows, but. Uh, with keyboard mouse, you know, I've just been thinking like, man, of course I need to get better mechanically. There's still times where I'm like fat fingering on my keyboard. Like yesterday I uploaded a clip of me with my raised satchels because I set up new hotkeys for jet and raise so that I can use my mouse button for my satchels and my dash and certainly has made those agents easier. But holy fuck, dude, did I fuck these menu systems up because I went to go defuse the bomb yesterday after clutching a nasty 1v3. The team was hyped. I go to defuse the bomb, throw a satchel. <laughs> no time. Throw another satchel. Dead. Lost the round. Last player standing. One enemy remaining. Butter. Yeah, I don't know if you guys out of charge. Like, Impressive like, I fucked up. I fucked up. My hotkeys are fucked up, bro. I swear to God. But my point is, I have now gone down a rabbit hole of different peripherals. And so I ordered, uh, did a lot of Googling just, and I hit up Symphony as well because I don't, I don't need a new keyboard. Like I have my Summit 65 that I absolutely love. I was using a Basecamp before, which is a great keyboard, but the Summit 65, something about it, man, it just feels so good. And they've got this new keyboard performance coming out where you can control the actuation mm-hmm. of every single individual key on the keyboard, and there's a ton of other features. So you guys should definitely look into the high ground performance keyboards that they're releasing. But with mice, you know, High Ground doesn't have one yet. And so I've been just trying to get a lay of the land. So I ordered uh, the same mouse that Demon1 on EG uses. It's the mouse. It's a G-Wolves. Uh, let me get the exact name so that people up. that love this shit can uh, bask in it with me. So I, I ordered a, a G-Wolves HTS Plus 4K wireless gaming mouse. Uh, that one's supposed to be better for people that have a little bit like medium to larger size hands so that you can really get a grip on it because the other one that Mason told me to order, uh, is supposed to be a little bit smaller, but it's a G wolves as well. And it's called uh, the HTX 4k wireless G wolves, uh, mouse. So I got those two. And then I also, uh, after striking up this conversation about mice with Mason, he was stoked, bro. He just started sending me recommendations. He's like, yo, what mouse pad do you use? 
No, I'm like, well, I was using the performance uh, high ground mouse pad, but then I saw people talking about those that play on slower sensitivities will like a different level of firmness and a different type of material. And so there's all these different like nooks and crannies of like complementary mice to mouse pad relationships. Mm-hmm. And so he told me that I should try because I bought uh, a mouse pad like two weeks ago. It's called the X-Ray Pad Aqua Control 2. Uh, that's supposed to be for people with a little bit slower sensitivities. But then like that same day, for whatever reason, I changed my sense to like 0.35. Mm-hmm. And that's much faster than what I was originally playing on, which was 0.20. But he suggested that I try out uh, this Japanese mouse pad. It's the Artisan Zero Soft XL. Bro, you, couldn't fi- you could buy it on Amazon, but they ship it from Japan. So I just bought it on eBay directly from the store because some of these second market sellers on Amazon, I just don't trust them. It's probably the same people, but uh, yeah, long story short, I got a big haul of new equipment coming in and I'm really curious to see if it'll make a bigger difference because people even telling me like with your G pro, you should put different skates on there so that it's even smoother. And then I bought grip tape for the super light. (laughs) Actually, I'm not even kidding Yeah, because there are moments where like your palm or on the sides. The whole thing. It's it's just like individual, like perfectly cut and measured grip tape uh-huh. for the entire body, the click, yeah. everything. And so uh, I'm genuinely curious, like when you get deeper into just the, like the build and make and quality of some of these mouse pads and mice, like will there be a marginal improvement in, in my play? Like will for it sure. be placebo? I don't fucking know. But... Man. Either way, I'm excited. Just think about the difference of using like a death adder to a super light. For know? sure. And then you have people that are using like glass mouse pads mm-hmm. and then will use like an Allen Iverson basketball like shooting <laughs> yeah. sleeve so that there's absolutely no friction. Yeah. And it's just pure like raw fluidity mm-hmm. as they're aiming. So I don't know, man. That's the other part too. Beyond just the agents that you can play in Valorant, I really do have fun just tinkering with like yeah. weight. It's like a golf swing, mm-hmm. you know, watching a TikTok or an Instagram, like somebody gives you a new feel or a new swing thought. You're like, yo, this could be the difference. <laughs> yeah. Like this, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go from average Joe to pro. Yeah. And so, you know, I went, I changed my crosshair like twice a day. I changed my sense maybe like once every month, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes more often than that. But now if once they start tinkering with the gear. Are you playing on stretch res too? No, 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 no. Native. It's just better for streaming. And yeah. I don't think there's that big of a difference for stretched res on on, on Valorant. The game mm-hmm. just looks so good raw. Yeah. yeah, it does. Aspect ratio. I'm like, I don't want to f- muddy this up with something that I didn't even, I've never previously done. Yeah. But I'll let you know how it goes, man. I mean, yeah. I'm certainly not a peripheral reviewer. I used to do a lot of unboxings of like new tech and shit, but let me know about the G Wolves though. It just looks like a bigger super light. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, if Demon One using it, somebody's got to be. Mm-hmm. He knows something. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. It's going crazy. Um, also, I wanted to ask. Curious. Any other? We've talked a lot about a lot of things with solo queuing, but any other? tips or things you've found that has helped you level up through solo queuing other than just like changing your agent pool and um if nobody's common you got to try to get people to come i mean first thing i do when i get into a game is like any mics any micers mm-hmm. 
And then you'll get this edgy 14-year-old kid that just <laughs> wants to talk about killing himself and calling everybody fat asses. I dealt with that yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully, like, you have some semblance of normalcy between, like, one or two other people that will jump on board with, like, the camaraderie you're trying to build. You got to get people talking, man, because, yeah, you might get, like, lucky and have an Instalock jet that's on a Smurf and it's going to carry you, but that's, like, one out of every 10 matches. So for the most part... You got to get everybody talking and you need to find a balance of like IGLing without micromanaging. Mm -hmm. Because if you start, the thing that I hate the most is when you get like passive aggressive people that are in the mental position of tens, they think that they are the best player in that lobby mm -hmm. and they have no idea what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. And you got a lot of people in rank that don't know what they're talking about. So they'll just listen to this guy and it just tilts everybody immediately, especially mm -hmm. me. So, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like a psychologist, but, dude, if you had a psychology degree, you're ahead of the game <laughs> if you're playing ranked Valorant you're trying to <laughs> yeah. climb climb the ladder because yeah. it's really just managing people's threshold of tilt and trying to get people to talk. The yeah. game becomes exponentially easier when you have people giving precise uh, comms and conversation. Mm -hmm. So that is one big uh, hurdle that I think everybody should try to get over in each game. If you're just hanging out, playing, you don't really give a fuck, fine, you don't need to talk, but use your damn mic. Uh, the other thing I would say is you really got to try to do your best of pattern recognition. Like There are a lot of players that I see that will just try to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, guys, it hasn't worked one single time. We just lost four rounds in a row. Why would we do it again? And if we are going to do it again, we got to change something. Like if we're on fracture, don't go out sand. Let's just all go through main. We'll play contact. Don't use any utility, bro. I It drives me fucking nuts. Like I love having a breach on my team that's got util to set me up, but Bro, you don't need to stun off rip every single time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're using your stun, they're just going to assume, like, you could use that as a fake, but a lot of times you don't have the coordination solo queue to do that. So you got to be able to change what you and your team are doing based off of what you've seen from the other team. And a lot of people don't do that for whatever reason. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's just because I've been playing Search for a long time from Call of Duty. Again, very different, but a lot of the same. Yeah. You got to just pick up on the tendencies of other players. Like, if you know Jets go and see more times than not in Haven, bro, maybe throw some fucking smokes, bait them out, get people to rotate, and then just be sitting outside of A main, and hopefully your teammates will take sight with some confidence. But you really got to try to do your best to play a game of chess rather than just running it down, doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the last thing, man... Sometimes you got to slow down and just get some kills. You know, a lot of people just get frantic and will snowball off of losing a couple rounds and then just stop giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. If you're used to carrying a game and team match MVP, there's certainly been games where I start out like two and seven and I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, we're going to lose this game for sure. But and I realized, like, the reason why I have those seven deaths is because I either missed a couple shots or I made a few mistakes or I got unlucky, which a lot of times it's really just luck, you know, bad timing. 
you got to stay locked in. Like you can end a game with 30 kills even if you start 2 and 7. Like mm-hmm. you just got to have the composure to see the ball go through a hoop, hit some shots and then just build off that momentum. So a lot of it is just a mental game. It's like golf, bro. You got to stay yeah. locked in or you are going to be fucked. I'll tell you, my mental is not great on Valorant right now. You got to fall in love with the process and your mental will get better. Oh, no. It's getting better now that I have better teammates, but it's just I would get checked so fast. Not not checked to the point where I'm not trying. I'm trying too hard, but I'd be like, I mean, there was one day where I was, I was still a little sick. A little too sick, I think, to be playing. And I couldn't play. I, the next day, I was horizontal. I'm like, dude, this actually like made my heart hurt because of how much, like, how angry I was getting playing Valorant. Like the day before, I was like, yeah. I was like, kind of took the wind out of my own sails for the next 24 hours. I was like, shit, I gotta, I gotta calm down here. But that's a fun game. No bullshit though. Track your sleep too. You get an Apple Watch or an Aura Ring. I've been tracking my sleep every night. Bro, use that. Oh, sorry. Okay, keep going. I keep cutting you off. No, for the most part, I kind of know, like, when I wake up, when I see my score that it gave me, I'm like, okay, this might be a long day. But, like, when I get a full, for me, like, a full night of sleep is seven hours. My body just wakes up. If if I could fall asleep at, like, 9 o'clock, that'd be ideal. I get into bed at 9. Usually, I fall asleep by 10. I get mm-hmm. seven hours. But sometimes, like, the dogs are shifting around or the AC turns off. I wake up sweating, and I go look at my damn score, and I've got, like, six hours of real sleep. The difference between getting good sleep compared to a bad night of sleep is night and day. And I know that sounds fucking insane. You might not care about Valorant as much as I do, but I'm I'm so invested. I'm I got I got upset with Haley last night because we had to wake up for a workout this morning at 6 a.m. It's 10:05 and she's still scrolling TikTok. I'm like, lady, look at time's ticking. We we're, we're only gonna get six hours and thirty minutes right now if we go to bed right now. I gotta wake up at five a.m. Make sure I can take a shit before the gym. Like I am fucked. Like we are pat. We are we are in. We are redlining right now, bro. You got. I like woke that. up this morning five fifteen. I took the dogs out. Come back upstairs. Haley's still dead body in bed. She wakes up at like five thirty after I take my first shit. She looks. She's like, "Are you done being mean to me?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> How quick are you going to get ready? We got to get out of the door. Then maybe know. I'll forgive you. I don't know. Is your sleep score above an 80%? <laughs> Bro, I'm being dead serious. Get yeah. some sleep, man. Stop tilt queuing, doing 24-hour benders. Get some sleep. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. We just spent like 30 minutes talking about Valorant, and I am... Well, I mean... I can go 30 more. I mean, all, all there else is to talk about is Dylan Dennis. Speed showing his meat and fucking... Fousey. Speed certainly did show his meat. Have you ever flashed your meat on stream? No. Okay. Coward. <laughs> Listen, brother. Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think that's the play. I'm just kidding. Um, what else was I going to ask? Oh, yeah. Did you try the eight sleep yet? Speaking of sleep. No, nah, we haven't set it up yet. So it's a huge undertaking. It's just one of those things where it's just like I need to take the time to do it, but I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Been busy. It looks these Valorant sweet. Screets. Looks dope. Yeah. Looks dope. We'll see. Awesome. Time is it? Uh, 9.30? Yeah. Time for you to get a watch. You played yourself. Oh, I got to call a 10, so we got to wrap this up somewhat soon. I, I, I truly don't have any other topics to discuss because I've just been so deep uh, in 
in this Valorant grind. I don't. I haven't really been paying attention to social media. I've been scrolling as much. So, unless you got something. Oh, bro, did you see this video? Of fucking. <laughs> I I know everybody's excited about this. Joe Biden falling asleep. <laughs> this guy Joe Biden went to Maui 13 days after this catastrophe, and then falls asleep at like this town hall while people are talking. I can't believe it, dude. It's public embarrassment dude. to the U.S. United also, States of like, America. It's like, all right, let's send 30 billion dollars to Ukraine, but everybody in Maui gets 700 bucks. <laughs> like, after your entire life's been burnt to the ground, bro. It's just. Again, dude, it's not about the political beliefs. It's just this guy just falls asleep. He's the president. He is the most <laughs> important dementia, man in the entire world. You think Joe Biden shit his pants? I wouldn't let him drive me to the grocery store on UberX. No, facts. Under any circumstance. And this guy's got nuclear briefcases with codes? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> what? Imagine he's like about to like put the codes in. On like the red phone, and he's like, <laughs> he's like "Oh, Kamala, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> I got a shit, Kamala. Like, Joe, hold it together. Like, we're alive. Like, that was I'm hilarious, shit Joe. That was so pants. funny. All right, fine. Fuck you. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't take any humor in thinking about the president shitting his pants on national television. No, bro, because I'm embarrassed, <laughs> man. Whatever. I got jury duty coming up. Yeah, you're gonna get out of it. I don't know how that works, man. I feel like. I gotta get out of it, but I don't know how. What if you get stuck in like a like a huge murder trial and it's like two years of jury duty? They're just locked in for you. That happens. I, I would. How, dude? What? Imagine you get like a who's gonna who's gonna carry the boats on stream? I got smokes to throw, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm flashing out. I wear your skin. No, seriously, do you think that is it like what are the odds that actually happened? That's gotta be like winning the lottery. Imagine you get like the next like OJ case. You know, you just get fucking put on that. Jury duty scares me. But there's jury selection. Like, I don't want to be this close to the government. No, you'll be fine. If uh, eh, actually I don't know if you'll be fine. But there's jury selection, you know, if it gets to any case that's like significant and then you gotta you know, there's things you can do. Has anybody in this room been a jury duty? How'd it go? I tainted the entire You tainted the entire jury pool and got kicked out? What'd you do? Just be a drone. So ask a ton of questions. Like around the case, the people in there, or like what did you ask? What was the context? So there was a case about cocaine and police and there was no witnesses. So you, let's go, Jen. Okay, so we didn't have a mic on her, but she basically said that three cops, cocaine involved, no evidence, and they asked her if she would be able to convict, and she said, well, I'd like to see some evidence, and then they kicked everybody out, stop, said that <laughs> she tainted the jury. And everybody got excused. <laughs> They're like, oh, who's the suspect here? Oh, Kevin Haig. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many days did you have to spend at the courthouse? Two? Fuck. Yep. We'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to be in there miserable, man. Oh, well. My civic duty. <clears throat> You're gonna be Football season's coming up, dude. Oh, yeah. Give me the 30-second 
to 60 second to 90 second rundown of what you're feeling. What are your, some hot takes on the NFL season that is about to arrive? Um, hmm. I said this last time, but I really like the Panthers to win the NFC South. I think Derek Carr's a fraud, plays for the Saints. Um, I mean, betting-wise, I've been looking at the book. Hang on. Oh, pull God. Lines I thought you quick. would just have something ready to go. I didn't think. I have to pee so bad, dude. You want to go pee? Was- Do your football talk. Your foosball talk. Do your football talk. All right. I'll be right back. All right, what do we got here? Bro, you look like a professor, like, looking up for his material for the class today. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on BigSausagePizza.com. <laughs> oh, all right. So, I mean, I hate to give these lines so far in advance because they're obviously going to change. But going through, we've got my Detroit Lions playing Thursday against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, they say first three weeks of the NFL is all about who can turn the ball over less. It's not really about, like, it's just more of like a survive and advance the first few weeks. So if we're going to take the Chiefs down at any point in the year, it's better to have them week one than week 15. So lines are currently plus six and a half. I'll do one of two things. Either sprinkle the money line at plus 240 and ride it out and have yourself a great game and a couple beers. Or I'd probably take, uh, I don't even think I'd take a point and take them seven and a half because it's either going to be a three-point game Either, either the Lions win or they lose by 10. So I take them plus 240. Just call it a day. Um, interestingly, oh, where where else was the other value I really liked? I think it was the Colts game. Uh, Colts-Jags. Jags are minus three and a half. I'd take half a point on the Jags. I'd take a minus three, and I'd hammer the shit out of it. Um, also, this is not advice. This is just... I guess I don't. I think that's a disclaimer. <laughs> uh, it's not betting advice, uh, but this is just what I would do. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll just roll with that. Um, <laughs> and then I like. Uh, let's see where else. What else we got? Joe Burrow's probably out week one. I'd stay away from the Bengals, or I will. I will stay away from the Bengals. <laughs> um, Niners minus one thirty-eight against the Steelers. Hammering that. Um, and then what else we got here? Ooh, Bills Jets is going to be an interesting game. I probably won't sprinkle anything there. I'm staying away from the Cowboys Giants game too. Eagles Pats Eagles minus two eighteen. I probably toss them in a little parlay. Um, I throw them in with the Jags minus one ninety. Toss the Ravens in there minus four fifty just for the action. I like the Commanders minus 225. It's probably pretty sure. Actually, I like Commanders minus six. Wait, did you see the video? Sorry to cut you off. Did you see the video of the Commanders owner? (laughs) Yeah. Trying to shake. With Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Yeah, trying to shake Joe Buck's handshake. Yeah. You guys got to put that clip in there. It's hilarious. I've I've been in that situation before. Yeah. It's funny that they're just like like making fun of this dude. He's like a multi billionaire. Just bought the Commanders. He literally owns an NFL team. He just buy all of that production if he wanted to. Like. Okay, so how, how did this go? Because I got some other things that sprouted in my mind while urinating. I think it was good. I think it was good. Uh, I disclaimed that it was just not betting advice, just what I would do, and we rattled through some picks. So um, 
lines money line sprinkle on it you got to ride with me on that just because I'll, I'll i'll fucking i really like the jags jags are minus three and a half take up the depths of hell with you take a half point on them take a minus three hammer them and uh i like commanders minus 225 against the cardinals in a parlay and uh that's that's where we're at right now okay yeah all right, so uh, I'm going to give you guys some quick tidbits of frustration and anger that I have. Um, one, guys make me wait two years for a new season of Jitsu Kaisen. I know that you gave us a movie. Great. Movie was electric. I loved it. And I know I don't read the manga, okay? So I've already knocked out all the things that you were going to tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> Listen, you cannot make me wait for a new season this long. Give me four episodes, okay? Because Haley and I have had a system. Foundation Season 2 went live on Apple TV a couple a couple weeks ago. We watched a brand new episode of that. We finished up The Crowded Room with Tom Holland. It's pretty good. It wasn't great. It was pretty good. Tom Holland does not get enough credit, though. He's an incredible actor. Everybody thinks he's just like Spider-Man typecasted, this dude's got range. Don't care what you say. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, listen, remember what we talked about with taste? <laughs> yeah. um, four new episodes. We got our routine. We got new episodes on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. We go run down the line all week. We just mm -hmm. look forward to it. We can't wait. Could I go to Crunchyroll to watch it. Kaizen. No new episode last week. No new episode this week. Bro, yeah. they would go on a three-week hiatus. And everybody's like, oh, trust me, it's the Shibuya arc. Shibuya, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize. The Shibuya arc, it's crazy, dude. It's worth the wait. Straight from Shibuya. Brother, you cannot give, you <laughs> cannot give me a two-year hiatus and then give me four. You give me an appetizer and then you make me wait hours for the main course. It's just, I, I, don't, I disagree with it entirely. Also, the episodes are like 25 minutes long. I know, man. I'm like, that's it. Like, that's. I mean, granted, they're awesome, but yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, it's a, it's a very small first world problem, but I, I, I'm just I'm furious. And every when I brought <laughs> it up to my Twitch chat, everybody's acting like it's such a normal thing to go through. I'm like, wait, guys, come on, man. We waited this long, and now you're gonna make me wait another month just to watch another mm -hmm. episode. I gotta say too, fuck. I, I we are spoiled with like seasons being dropped all at once, but like. I, I hate the reversion back to, like, Hulu and Netflix dropping one episode a week in HBO. Yeah. I get it, but, like, what Netflix did with The Witcher where they dropped, it was two months worth of episodes, and they dropped four epi five episodes one month and then three the next month to make you have to pay for both months to watch it. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm on board with that. You're giving me something to binge. But, my God, having uh to wait weekly... I agree with you, Talked. but at the same time, like when a new episode does come out the week that I'm living in, I'm like, oh, okay, I do have something to look forward to. But in the moment when that last episode ends on a cliffhanger, I'm like, fucking kill me. Just give me the Netflix dope. I need all the episodes. <laughs> I need to binge it right now. But I don't know. Pros and cons, I suppose. Sure. Uh, another thing, Elementals, an animated movie. <laughs> It's fucking unbelievable. Was it? Yeah, it's like a very like uh, cookie cutter <laughs> coming of age story. But man, that I was ripping my weed pen while watching this thing. I'm like, this is the most beautiful world that's ever been created. I felt just, like I did when I saw Avatar for the first time. Came out that theater, 
Smoked like two bowls in my car. <laughs> James Cameron sent me to another dimension, bro. Like <laughs> Joe Rogan said it on his podcast. People had issues after watching the film because they were depressed that their life wasn't the same as it is on the the world that they lived on in Avatar. Smoking that Pandora reefer. That Pandora, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Elementals, dude, just a beautiful, so well animated movie. I, I, it, it, it's, it's one of those things now where there's like categories of shows and movies that Haley and I have. That's a movie that you can watch and be locked in off your phone the entire time, mm-hmm. or you could be scrolling while watching. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's a no brainer. If you like animated movies, watch Elementals. It's got a 95% from Rotten Tomatoes audience. The critics gave it 75%. Dude, critics. You old pieces of shit. Dude, I dude, critics don't know what the fuck they're talking about. If anybody needs to go on strike permanently, it's the critics. They yeah, for much. real. I retweet, bro. Yeah. Honestly, repost. Uh, but yeah, Elementals, I highly suggest it. And uh, last thing I'll say about film and TV. Yo, Tom Cruise and the studio that produced it, can you just put fucking Mission Impossible on streaming services or on Apple. <laughs> Listen, we know you love the box office. We know you love the theater. Guys, you, you release this movie at quite literally the worst time in probably like the last 10 years to release a movie. Like you went toe-to-toe a week before of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah. Like, first of all, Tom Cruise, little insane, but hell of an action star. You guys fucked up. Yeah. You fucked up. Nobody went and saw it. Just give it, like, let me watch it at home. And don't make me wait, <laughs> like, four months, like, we're living in 2005, waiting for this thing to come out on Blockbuster VHS. I'll pay, it's insane. I'll pay 20 bucks to watch it on my TV. Bro, just to I get will it quicker. Ri- rifle that credit card off so fast, and I'm just sitting here waiting for it. Can't watch it. Also, the other thing, too, that, like, I would go watch it, but the fact it's a part one, the fact that it's just a part one or two, pisses eh, me off. Eh. Spider-Man. <clears throat> you saw it, right? Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Don't spoil know. it. <clears throat> Did not know it was a part one. Spo- Actually, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just going to say this anyways because it's been out long enough. I'm watching that movie two and a half hours. I'm like, damn, like we got a couple of fights coming up. I can't wait to see what happens. Turns out... The fights are the next movie. We did get cocked. So I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's it? Like, the 30 minutes of Gwen. Sorry. I know. I'm sure there's a lot of people that really love Gwen. But, like, I could have done without the 30 minutes of Gwen at the beginning. So I could at least see him fight fucking Spot or some shit. You know? we, did, we definitely we definitely got hoed on that one for sure. But and, and, you know, it's even more fucked up. Dude, this writer's strike, we ain't seeing that second part for, like, another three to four years. No. Last of Us got pushed back, too. Everything's... I mean, yo, look, we're... A year from now, two years from now, we're not going to have anything new for months and months and months, dude. It's it's going to be... It's going to be tough scenes for the, everybody at home that's looking to binge some shows. Esports bubble part two, baby. Hey, we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're fucking back. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> uh, but Foundation Season 2... It's delivering for me. I've really what is enjoyed foundations? it. Bro, it's a sci-fi show on Apple Plus. It's actually like quickly become one of my favorite sci-fi shows I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people don't like it because they read the books. But uh, fuck the books. I haven't read them, so this interpretation of it is very. She's very beautiful to me, or she's very gorgeous to me. I do not have sexual relations with that woman. I did not have. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been listening to the Red Rising audiobook. <laughs> I had to go to a golf course that was an hour and a half away last week. Uh, played in a tournament. We lost. 
But it was on a Saturday, an hour and a half there, two hours home. Couldn't believe it. I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, don't ever put a tournament out here ever. This is awful. But it was great for me because I listened to like 10 chapters of Red Rising, and I'm pretty fired up to keep it going. Just doing whatever you can and not read, huh? Dude, it's not that I don't want to read. It just... <laughs> I can't the, find the time, man. When you're like old and you've made all your money, it'll be like the Matthew Hague Center for kids who can't read good. And it's just going to be like audiobooks and land setups everywhere. Well, I've always... I, I, I still do believe that if somebody set up like a nice leather chair in front of a a dimly lit fireplace in like the study of a yeah that's true mansion and just did uh read books to people every night i think that stream would pop off yeah but what happens if you like miss a chapter go back and watch the vod catch back up yeah, maybe it's like a once a week thing i don't fucking know that's fair make your own audiobooks ladies and gentlemen welcome back to part <laughs> 2 of Harry Potter goes to Hogwarts <laughs> to see. It's a it's an episode. Big Tony sausage a, pizza. Yeah, it's a video on BigSausagePizza.com. <laughs> Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. and that's where we'll call it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you again for your patience on this episode. We had a couple hiccups, but we're in the clear now. Uh, thank you for tolerating Valorant talk. I'm sure you guys enjoy that more than golf. We didn't even talk about the Ryder Cup, but we'll save that for the next episode, I suppose. Uh, but good to be back in the saddle. Appreciate you guys watching. If you've been tuning into the streams, I appreciate you even more. Uh, thank you for the patience on the production team once again. Hopefully we will not make a habit of what transpired over these last couple weeks. And, uh... Dude, we had a fucking hurricane and an earthquake at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. Everybody asked about the hurricane. <laughs> I got phone calls from family texts that I haven't heard from. I'm like, guys, it's <laughs> it's like a light drizzle up. But that's going to do it for us here today. YouTube, Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Free JMO. BigSausagePizza.com. YouTube, we'll see you fucking later. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.